0: Welcome back to another installment of Down to the Wire. I am your host Cam, and this is Mason. What up? What up? And we are back for another week of college football uh, that just happened this week, and a lot of a lot of good games that happened this week. Some shots were called uh, two weeks ago that actually hit, aka you know me and uh, calling out. That we would beat Mississippi State, but you know, no, no big deal. We'll we'll, we'll get to that when we get there. But uh, yeah, some crazy good games. Georgia blows out South Carolina. Uh, it seems like it's kind of the norm right now. Um, and and I mean, we're gonna get into all the games in Week Three. But another good week of games. Uh, and and our picks didn't really go that well this week, Mason. It wasn't it wasn't good for our picks. <laughs> so we'll get into that. Obviously, we'll get back into our fantasy uh, co- college football fantasy um later on in the show uh, and we'll talk about how we did last week did I finally uh, avenge my two losses and get a win or is Mason still chugging along and and, and uh and sweeping me right now uh, we're gonna get into all of it and more here so uh Mason let's just go ahead and jump right in uh week three football what are your kind of first kind of takeaways from the full week and then we'll get into some games uh after that so, so what were your thoughts kind of over uh in general on week three
1: Week three was tough for us. Do I need to go ahead and say say our prayer and say goodbye to BYU? Give them oh, a kiss of death.
0: Listen, the the questions to oh. next ask is, hey, their schedule's still really tough. Is it possible that as no. a one loss, they maybe get in? That's it's a time. conversation
1: we can have. But it's time for the soft violin. <laughs> da,
0: da,
1: da. Saying goodbye. <laughs> They're done. They're done. It's not. It's not happening. But. The the rough thing about this week was every game that was supposed to be a good game, you know, Oregon, BYU and Georgia, South Carolina was supposed to be a decent one, Miami, Texas A M. Then then nothing really panned out. I mean, Miami, Texas A and M was okay. But to me the fun games this week were the Wake uh who was it? It was Wake Forest and Liberty and then um what was it what was the oh I'm tripping. But Wake Forest and Florida, Florida State Louisville. Florida State Louisville, Appalachian State and Troy.
0: Dude, that was the craziest ending ever. It was the craziest ending. Like one, it was the craziest ending, and then two, it was like the craziest, like storming the field. Like you literally had fans like jumping like as like the third and fourth person on the dog pile in the end zone. And then I don't know if anybody saw this, but the quarterback uh, for Appalachian State was like
1: helping fans get on the field, basically. (laughs)
0: Like I I don't know how
1: Appalachian State continues to do it. It It was just (laughs) awesome. Did you get to watch any of game day? I didn't really watch much of game they, day though. No. They were on fire at game day, and let me tell you, you'll appreciate this. They were lighting Texas A&M up. <laughs> <I saw laughs> so, many, so many signs thanking them for the 1.5 million that they gave them <laughs> and the win.
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, I mean, some some really like again sneaky good games. I mean, I, I I think we both thought that the on Friday night the Florida State Louisville game is going to be pretty good. Um and man, this is kind of going into my uh, my little fantasy stuff, but apparently there's a thing with me and curses with quarterbacks. <laughs> we'll we'll get into that. Uh, I'm sorry, Chad. I know you're listening. I'm sorry. This is all my fault that quarterback got hurt. But Florida State comes out away with a win against Louisville on the road. I mean, that was a really good game, dude.
1: It was, and like you said, well, uh, I was watching it. I probably watched about the first half. And once the quarterback got hurt, I thought it was over. I thought Florida State had no chance because I liked how Louisville was moving the ball. And to me, Florida State's quarterback was absolutely absolutely killing him at the time. So when he went down, I, I thought the game was over.
0: Yeah, man, they were super resilient and came out with the win there. Um, and then, man, like, so you go on from that and then really like the first game you see after that is what, probably Georgia, South Carolina, right? Yeah. What a freaking disappointment that was. I mean, again, it's like one of those things where, like, and this is what I was just telling myself as I'm watching this. One, what is South Carolina doing on defense? And to this, preference this, they had five missing starters just on defense. Just on defense, five starters gone. So, I mean, you can't really expect a ton from them, but it didn't really look like they came out with a fight. But like at the same time, like you watch Georgia's offense, what are they doing? They're running the ball and throwing the ball side to side. Not really much anything deep. They were missing their best wide receiver, so like they really didn't have anybody to really beat them on deep pass. So I don't know why South Carolina was constantly playing two safeties high instead of rolling a safety in the box, making sure you're on the wide receivers because they're not going to beat you deep because they're not that athletic, and you just like sit on the bubble, sit on the swing routes, and play on the running game. And they, like, I don't know why, but they just either didn't think that they could or they just refused to. Like, I don't know. Like, to me, like, whenever I see stuff like that, and gets a really good team like a Georgia or an Alabama when all they're doing is just these like super side stuff because they have really good athletes and you're refusing to you know adjust to that and actually take that away to make them beat you another way that drives me insane and so just watching the first half just drove me insane watching that and then two South Carolina and their play calling to me was maddening sometimes because I mean they were removing the ball okay I mean, I mean it wasn't like the best but I mean they were still moving the ball against a pretty decent defense they were doing okay with the pass rush against with Georgia which to me is kind of the same with Alabama I thought their pass rush would be better it's not there yet obviously it's going to get there and this is a really bad offensive line for South Carolina but uh I mean they they faked a punt and got the first down on the fake punt and then right after that like they're in Georgia territory right after that instead of being and staying aggressive they run the ball three straight times. And it's like, okay, are you just trying to get moral victories here? Like, what are you trying to do? And then, I mean, you then have the uh, the Bonex or Spencer Rattler mistake of throwing a horrible pass and getting it picked off. But, like, you got to live and die by attacking their defensive backs, which are the weak point besides one side. So, attack the other side, attack defensive backs, run these crossing routes, which you've had open all the whole time. Like, be aggressive in your play calling and in your execution and, like, they were that sometimes, and then they got super conservative. Once the, It seemed like as soon as they got to the 50-yard line, they went like uber conservative, and then that's when when you go uber conservative against a, a defense like Georgia or a defense like Alabama, that's how they kill you, right? And it was just maddening, just the whole the whole thing to me.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it felt like the Mike Tyson quote where it's, it's everybody has a game plan until they get punched in the mouth, and then you see what happens from there. And like South Carolina came out and they were fine the first two drives, and then from there it just fell apart for them. So I don't know. They just felt to me just way out of Georgia's league, like nowhere were, even yeah. close to it. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, they were
0: definitely outclassed.
1: It felt like this year um, they were supposed to at least be able to put up a little bit of of a fight, especially bringing in Spencer Rattler. And it's just they're so far away from where they need to be to even compete with Georgia. So. Yeah, the the weak
0: spots for them are the lines of scrimmage, and when you're in the SEC, that's not a good thing. I mean, when you have a weak spot on the defensive line where you can't stop the run, and your other weak spot on the offensive side of the ball is the offensive line, and it is not a good offensive line at all, then you're not going to be successful, especially against a team like Georgia, where you can't run the ball and you can't stop the run. And then add on top of that, already with them having a full squad, those being the weaknesses, then you lose five starters on defense. And then, I mean, there's really not much of a chance. The only thing, I was really hoping that they had at least put up a fight and maybe try and get it to a second-half game. But, I mean, it was over after the first quarter. I mean, it was only 14 nothing, but everybody saw the writing on the wall. And you could even, you know, see South Carolina was just kind of dejected after that. I mean, they, they've been moving the ball okay, then they have a mistake, and then Georgia takes advantage and is able to, you know, march down the field. Um, <clears throat> and so... Georgia is obviously, you know, the the number one team in the country right now. But the thing that I will say about Georgia, and this is things that I would say about Alabama too, is that they they don't have the strongest schedule. And so you're really going to, like, you're not really going to know how good they really are because they're going to put up, you know, numbers like this, 48 to 7, and these big scores on on these teams that aren't up to par. And then what are they going to look like when they finally get up against a team that can actually compete with them? Um, The probably first test that they're going to have is against Tennessee, Um, And so you really don't really need to be paying attention to Georgia until they play Tennessee. And then until they play um, Kentucky and Mississippi state, and that's all in November. So their September, October really doesn't matter because they next have Kent state. Then they go to Missouri, which they're going to kill. Then they play Auburn, which they're going to kill. Then they play Vanderbilt, which they're going to kill. And then the only game, and that stretch that you can maybe say something about is Florida but Florida can't pass the ball. And when you're only one dimensional, I guess a team like Georgia, I mean, you're going to have a hard time. That's the only like in the September, October stretch, that's the only threat they have. And then after that, that's when you kind of get into, you know, three straight games that are against pretty decent competition of Tennessee at home and then going to road games to at Mississippi state and at Kentucky. Um, and then, of course, they'll probably be in the SEC championship game if they breeze through that. But, I mean, everybody's going to be talking. If you listen to any kind of national podcast or listen to you know, ESPN and College Game Day and all this, I mean, for the next four or five weeks, are you going to hear about is how great Georgia is? And all I'm going to say is, yes, they're good. I'm, I'm not saying they're not. They're really good. But like, let, let's stop talking about them being like greatest ever and let's stop talking about Heisman stuff until we get to November and see how good they really are. Um, because that's when it actually matters, especially for them in their season with how their schedule is set up.
1: Yeah, I agree with you completely. But I will say that um, something's different about Stetson Bennett right now. I don't know if it's just the confidence from winning the national championship, but watching him play, he looks completely different than what he was last year. He's actually running the ball with confidence. He's throwing the ball with confidence um I am not sure where it's coming from I'm assuming it's just a national championship but I will say something is different different about him but I do want like you said I want to see it against a better competition than just what they've been playing against so far
0: yeah and the thing that I'll give Stetson Bennett is this is really the first off season, like full offseason he's had as the guy at Georgia whereas before he was never the guy he was always the backup because somebody because J.T. Daniels was hurt, so he never had an actual full off season to get reps and it being his show and he being the guy and the captain and all this kind of stuff. So obviously, you know, full off seasons are going to matter. I mean, you can look at Joe Burrow whenever he came in. I mean, he came in midsummer. His first year, and I mean, he had a pretty okay year. And then once it got to the end, he kind of ramped up. And then the next year, he he blew up, right, and became number one draft pick. And, and that's because he had a full off season. One, he got comfortable in year one, just like Stetson did last year. He got comfortable, got his foot uh, going, and then he kind of got his game going. And then he had the full off season to do film and to get really, you know, close with those guys and to know the system and to be the guy. Uh, and so, you know that obviously the offseason is gonna, is going to make all the difference. Uh, but like we said, I, I want to see what they what they do against a team that can actually have a pulse and, and give them some some pushback. I want to see what they look like against the Tennessee if they are able to hold that offense down. Um, because by November they're probably going to be rolling. If they can hold that offense down and then if they can march up and down the field against the Kentucky defense that's super disciplined, then I'll be really impressed. Uh, I did get a, I got a text this weekend from a friend of mine as Georgia was playing. That asked me, hey, you're so are like you still waiting on Carby Smart with the whole saving comment? I'm like, listen, I'm not going to be impressed by them beating a South Carolina team that's down five starters on defense. <laughs> like, Let's wait until November, okay? Until we, <laughs> we get there. So, um, talk. T- I didn't watch this game at all, but talk to me about Alabama and the revenge that they finally had against Louisiana Monroe.
1: The revenge game, it was finally here. I mean, it was the same thing as Utah State, like. There, there wasn't much to take away from it, but I will say there were still some problems with the wide receivers not getting open. Uh, Louisiana Monroe had a couple of coverage sacks, I'll say, where the wide receivers just weren't getting open and then Bryce didn't have enough time to throw. So they did have a couple of sacks. sacks. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just the same thing. There wasn't a ton to take away from it. Um, I will say, I think it was first quarter, it was like 28 nothing, and then... I think the offense only had the ball, maybe one possession, two possessions. We had three straight defensive scores, and it was insane, <laughs> but yeah. but yeah, there's it, it wasn't much to, much to go off of again.
0: Hey, I heard Bryce threw a couple of
1: interceptions. What's up with that? He did. The first one was horrible. I didn't even know if it was Bryce throwing the ball. He, <laughs> he underthrew the wide receiver by about five, five yards, and it was it just looked bad. Uh, he looked human. Which was nice, but um, <laughs> it was nice. Okay. Other other than that, he patted the stats a little bit. So Heisman campaign is still rolling. It's still rolling. Okay. And the Heisman campaign back up for Will Anderson. He had a pick six, so we're good. Whatever. Back and rolling. Whatever,
0: <laughs> man. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, it, kind of like what you were saying. We'll go on to some other games. There really wasn't like a ton of like super close, like interesting games that I really kept an eye on. Um. Missouri State gave Arkansas a scare. Like, Arkansas didn't take the lead until the fourth quarter. So, th- that's definitely one of those looking-ahead spots because they have AM that's coming up this week. So, I can somewhat understand that. They had Bobby Petrino coming back uh, as the Missouri State uh, coach. So, you know he's been, like, planning for that since the offseason. Um, so, so that was a little surprising. Dude, like, th- okay, so this one got us out of nowhere. I didn't watch the game, but, like, I was just kind of keeping up with the score. I was just shocked every single time I looked at it. But like Washington completely dismantling Michigan State, like, yeah. seems like it came out of nowhere. Obviously, the sports book knew what they were doing by, you know, having it at a three and a half, but they won by 11 at home against Michigan State, which was ranked 11th.
1: Yeah. Washington was getting some hype last year and then they disappointed everybody. And so I think everybody was just a little butthurt by what they did last year. Yeah. So people, coming into this year, nobody saw them coming. Apparently, but they now look like a force out there in the back 12. So I don't know. They just blew my mind. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah, I mean, being a three-point favorite at home against a, a the 11th-ranked team in the nation, we should have seen it coming. But I don't know, man. We, should, we should have looked into it right. a little more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So that was real surprising. Uh, and again, like you kind of said at the open, we we just need to, I guess, put to bed the uh, our darling. For the group of five, BYU. Yeah. Moment it's of silence. By, for beat uh, yeah. by beat uh, <laughs> by twenty one. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll take a let's take a brief moment of silence for them. And uh, Bo Nix apparently decided to go off. <laughs> this was your Bo Nix game. You just missed it by two games. <laughs> I missed it by a couple of weeks. This is my Bo Nix game, guys, and I missed it. I missed it. But yeah, I mean. So BYU is going to the big 12 soon. So I think they're really kind of like trying to ramp up their schedule with competition. And this is just one of the, I think this is just one of those like hangover games. Like they had two back-to-back hard games with Baylor coming in and then going on the road to Oregon that, Hey, you can't got up and were was probably drained after an overtime win against Baylor at home. And then you go on the road and like, you just come out flat and like, they're the type of team that wants to run the ball, play and run play action, and Oregon got them out of their game because they got up so early. So, really disappointed there for for BYU as I was hoping they could at least maybe somehow make it interesting with the playoff rankings towards the end of the year. But they lose, and next couple of weeks look pretty easy. They play Wyoming, Utah State, and I'm going to call that they beat Notre Dame uh, because Notre Dame is trash. <laughs> um, so yeah real real bummed about that one, but you know I guess it was bound to happen at some point, but Oregon looked really good. I mean that's if you're Oregon, you're really happy with the result because you get embarrassed on national television against Georgia, and then you have a top fifteen opponent come into your house and you like you take care of business and you win by three touchdowns, so you gotta be real happy with that uh kind of moving forward and I mean you can start everybody's gonna start talking about them again uh me included about them. You know, being a challenger in the Pac-12 after that performance, so
1: yeah, for sure. And our other, <laughs> our other team, Houston, getting absolutely drummed by Kansas. I don't know back-to-back what's happening out there, but to
0: man, back-to-back losses for uh, for Houston, and then what is up with Kansas football? Being Kansas, good road, yeah, I was about to say.
1: Look, another big headline from the week. Vandy and Kansas both hit their over on Wednesday. the
0: this over, week. man. If you guys, and again, I don't bet money because you can't bet money here in Alabama, but if you could, and if I ever would, if you would have bet the over on Kansas and Vandy on the win totals, hey, you're already cashing that ticket. You're cashing out man. already.
1: Man, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in Kansas, man. It's, it's, it's getting fun, though. Kansas. They just had to get rid of old yeah. Mad Hatter. Yeah, yeah, please.
0: Uh, Listen, like Kansas and Duke are both 3-0 and playing each other this week. I know a lot of people were like trying to get game day to go to Lawrence for game day. <laughs> Obviously, they aren't, but they were trying on social media to get them to go because both teams are 3-0. <laughs> but Kansas didn't even just win. Like they beat them by 18 points, dude. Like it was yeah. like one of those kind of fluke things. They dominated the game and won, man. So
1: they've got a really good quarterback this year so they've they're, they're cooking with something out there so this is, this is getting interesting
0: it's crazy I guess we need to keep a keep our eye on Kansas are they back before Texas is I don't know
1: oh
0: <laughs> that's a good conversation to talk to think about
1: um back before Notre Dame yeah yeah Texas am too for real dude um
0: so oh another 11 o'clock kickoff game that happened that I ended up uh switching to or maybe it was a 230 game I can't remember. Uh, what time it actually was, but Purdue and Syracuse, man, great game. Uh, It was, like, super slow at, like, for three quarters, right? So the score after three quarters was 10 to 9. And then in the fourth quarter, both teams scored a combined 42 points. So it got crazy in the fourth quarter. Uh, Syracuse ends up winning at the buzzer with a field goal at the end, winning 32 to 29 and Purdue, which was a big kind of media, you know, team to, to kind of hype up and maybe be a dark horse. uh, in the big 10 is one and two early, man. And like something going on with the offense. I mean, you get your quarterback back, but I guess missing their, their star wide receiver from last year, him going to the league has really hurt him, I guess.
1: Drew Brees is not walking through that door anytime soon. <laughs> Drew. Purdue will never be back.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that was a little surprising to me. Uh, but hey, Syracuse, talk about these basketball schools, man. Syracuse, Kansas, Duke, all three you know, crazy. What's going <laughs> North, on? Carolina's
1: North Carolina, this offense looking good too. Is
0: <laughs> man? Like it's crazy. What's going on in, in the college football <laughs> this year? Yeah.
1: No, you gotta love it. It's so much fun. I was not expecting anything out of Syracuse this year either. So, for them to come out and actually look pretty good, it's it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, I saw something earlier. Uh, let me see if I, if I can pull it up. But I think so the ACC has like eight or nine teams in their conference that are all undefeated so far, all 3 0, which is the first time that it's ever happened in their conference history. Are you so like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, hey, is the ACC like sneaky good this year, or is it just we is got it all some these fight teams, against Clemson? Like,
1: huh? So do we have some fight against? Listen, Clemson that would finally? be
0: nice. That would be nice. So I mean, that's a question to ask. Is the is the ACC sneaky good this year? I mean, you got Wake Forest. Listen, I know. So whenever we did a little bit of a preview about uh, uh the rest of the country. Uh, whenever we talked about Wake Forest, that was after Sam Hartman had been, you know, declared, hey, he might be out for a while. Nobody knows when he's coming back. Well, he's back now. And so that's another pick that could be really good because he's a really good quarterback of, you know, being competition. And speaking of Wake Forest, they escape against Liberty, winning by one. But Liberty's a program with Hugh Freeze over there. But, you know, you got Wake Forest. That's pretty good. Obviously, you got clemson florida state looks like they're improving every week although it's going to be interesting to see how they do without jordan travis for a little bit as he gets back um he's not out for the year as far as i know so it might just be a few weeks hopefully for their sake that he's back soon um i mean duke is undefeated um who else you got syracuse is undefeated oh man who else is there um Shoot. Miami. Miami's not undefeated. Miami boy. isn't undefeated, but they're looking improved. Um, let's see. Virginia's two and one. Man, I thought I had all this pulled up. Let's
1: see. Virginia Tech's two and one. Georgia Tech? Uh-huh. Georgia Tech, yeah. That's really sad. It's <laughs> really really sad,
0: honestly. Poor Georgia Tech. <laughs> Let me see if I
1: can. So out of those teams that you name, who do you think is going to be able to compete with Clemson?
0: Um, I would probably say the best competition for Clemson. Man. That's a really good question. Honestly, I think North Carolina might be a really good competition just because of the offense. Um, Yeah, just because they're going to be able to score. And Clemson can't. Like, I mean, North Carolina's defense isn't very good, but, like, how good do you have to be right now to beat Clemson offensively? So I think they have a chance to outscore them. So here's the list for you right now on uh, on the ACC with our undefeated team so far. you got Clemson, Florida State, Syracuse, NC State, Wake Forest, uh, Duke, and North Carolina. So that's seven teams that are undefeated right now in the ACC. Um, and then, you know, on top of just those that are, you know, going to be pretty good football teams, you got Pitt, which is pretty good and, and could have beaten Tennessee last week. If their quarterback doesn't get hurt, you got Miami, which put up a fight and honestly should have won the game this past weekend. We'll talk about that here in <laughs> a few minutes, but I mean, those are really good teams and, and Miami was missing their top wide receiver last week, uh, which I think came out after we had our podcast. Um, and so, you know, that was a big deal. I mean, those are like, I mean, Out of all of those, the teams that are going to give Clemson fits, I think would be Florida State because of how well they can run the ball um, and their defensive line is really good. NC State because the quarterback's good and just because of the brand of style they play. Same thing with Wake Wake Forest. They have a really good quarterback and they can score some points. Um, And then, like I said, I think North Carolina because the only way North Carolina is going to win is outscoring them and I think they have the offense to do that. And, I mean, there's no slouch with Miami and Pittsburgh. Uh, with those two. Um, looking at Clemson's schedule, out of those that they play, they this week they go to Wake Forest. And so we'll be talking about that a little bit later. So they go to Wake Forest. After that, they play NC State, so two back-to-back games. Um, and a couple weeks after that, they go to Florida State. Uh, and then at the end of the year, uh, they have Miami. So I mean, a couple of those teams, they don't play Pitt. Um, they don't play North Carolina. And so those would be, you know, two teams that they could play in the uh in the championship game if they get there. So those those would be those would be teams that I would say. What what do you think?
1: So right off the top of the head, I would probably would have said Florida State. But the thing that's worrying me is I don't know how long their quarterback's gonna be out. And their schedule coming up is pretty tough too, like we were just saying with Clemson. They have Boston College this week, probably should win anyways without their quarterback, but then they go They play Wake Forest at home, then they go to North Carolina State, and then they have Clemson at home. That's a really tough three-game stretch, not knowing if your quarterback's going to be back or not for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So going through that, I mean, like, I would probably say if you can survive that with one loss to Clemson, then you're fine. You'll get your quarterback back for the championship game, and you'll be able to play then and you'll have a chance. But to me, I would probably say Wake Forest is going to be their biggest competition just because of Sam Hartman. I think that dude's a stud. So by the time... I think... By the end of the year, he's really going to be catching on, catching fire, because I think he's going to have to get some more games under his belt this year, just from the blood clot thing. So,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. And, and, and again, like you said, when it comes to Florida State, it's really going to depend on uh, the injury to, to Jordan Travis and, and and somebody else not to you know kind of forget about for Florida State. Is they also lost their uh, their defensive end, um, which has been wrecking. That was a transfer from a D two school. Uh, that played really well. He had a knee injury. Um there hasn't been like a week timeline that was given out by Mike Norvell. Um but you know, it's just going to be one of these kind of wait and see type things. Um so, you know, if he if he is back uh in time for Clemson, then they have a shot. But but I mean, like you said, their schedule this year is really really tough. Um you know, like like you were going through. I mean, um uh, they, you know, they they have kind of a break-ish against Boston College this coming up week, and then you know this is when the gauntlet comes. You have three straight really yeah. hard games with Wake Forest coming to town, going to NC State, and then hosting Clemson. And then after that, you have you know a little bit of a break with Georgia Tech coming in, uh, and then you finish out kind of rough too, man. I mean, you go on the road to Miami, go on the road to Syracuse, which isn't an easy way to win. You play Louisiana or Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, After that, which is a good program that Billy Napier left, and then you finish against Billy Napier in Florida at the end of the year. So, not an easy schedule for Florida State. Um, And again, you know, it's their their output is really going to depend on on when they get some of these guys back. And you know what? If, If for whatever reason their backup just starts lighting it on fire, he started doing pretty well at the end of the game last week. But you know, give him a full week to prepare as the guy. We'll see how he goes. Um, If they can get some some pretty solid quarterback play from him because their running game is really good with three really good running backs, they could be a challenger for Clemson in the Atlantic division. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's a there's their, their schedule definitely doesn't really favor or help them out at all, really.
1: Yeah, no, I agree completely
0: all right and so let, let's go ahead and go let, let's talk a&m and uh actually no we're gonna wait no let's go ahead and talk AM and in miami and then we'll get to uh the other two games that happened this week after that a&m in miami seemed to kind of be like a snoozer even though this i mean texas a&m won by eight but it was, it was kind of, a close game it was just so it boring. was really boring it really was it was like defensive struggle but not like the fun defensive struggle if that makes sense Yeah, you know, like there are some games that like are like defense that like you're really into. This wasn't one of them.
1: This is how Texas A&M is this year. It's just so boring to watch them, no matter what's going to happen. And then Miami just didn't look like they were ready for the bright lights, which was really unfortunate to me. I was expecting more out of uh, Van Dyke, but I don't know, man. They just didn't look. It wasn't like they didn't look ready. They just looked like a deer in the headlights there for a little bit, which. It's really unfortunate that you're doing that against Texas A and M, who just came off off a loss to Appalachian State. So I don't know. It was just yeah, really and, it was hard to get into. Yeah, it
0: really was. And you basically gifted them a touchdown by muffing the punt, dude. I mean, you don't muff yeah. that punt. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty probably seven points you can take off the board for Texas A and M, and then that that score is you know. 10 to 9, and all you need is a field goal at the end, and so you're not pressing as much. I mean, that's a game changer right there. You did have you missed two field goals, one of them was blocked. You didn't score a touchdown, even though you got in the red zone, and and um, their play calling basically went ultra conservative once they got down there. They were able to like have a ton of sustained drives, which if you were listening to the broadcast with Kirk and uh, Chris Fowler, I mean, they were basically talking about the whole time they don't have really big like time playmakers, so they have to have these you know, long sustained drives and they were able to have them. And then as soon as they get in the red zone, they get super conservative or, you know, you have penalties that kill you with false starts or you have wide receivers dropping balls or, you know, it was always something like that. Uh, And they kind of mentioned this on the, on the, on the broadcast, but I mean, Miami is a really good football team, but this game was just maybe just a little early for them uh, because they still have some kinks to work out. You play this game maybe later in the year, I mean, maybe Miami comes out and wins that game, or if you went play it at home, maybe come out and win that game. But I mean, they had their op- tons of opportunities to 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 win, uh, and they just didn't do it, unfortunately. Uh, and I mean, one that's because Miami is a good two, a good football team, but I mean that also says a lot about a And M. I mean, you only give up three field goals, but you only win by eight. I mean, the offense is still struggling, even with Max Johnson, which I mean, I knew was going to happen just because he's only average. Um and so I mean they're they're I mean, good on AM for coming back after, you know, being the laughing stock of college football the, for the past week and getting a, a home win against a good Miami team. But I mean still, man, like it's it's not super impressive. And you got te- got Arkansas this coming up week. So
1: I mean you better yeah. buckle up. And I mean So Max Johnson went ten of twenty, hundred and forty yards, one touchdown. That's disgusting. I mean, that's what he is, man. I mean, that's horrible. That's just disgusting. <laughs> I can't believe you had to watch that the entire year last year. Honestly,
0: LSU had more weapons on the outside than Texas A&M did. So he, paid, he, played, for, he played more and passed for a lot of touchdowns last year. He passed for 29 <laughs> touchdowns. So like, that shows you a 6-6 six and six LSU team has the comparable offensive playmakers as this Texas A&M
1: team this year. And it's just bad. I mean, man.
0: they're
1: just – I mean, Anais Smith, Devin A. Chain. Those are two huge names in college football, and you can't do anything with them because I don't know. Jimbo's just lost his mind. I don't know what's happened to him. Can't even explain him anymore.
0: He's still living in 2014, dude. Still in 2014.
1: <laughs> Jameis Winston is not walking through that door. <laughs>
0: and can we get him out of the drawer in New Orleans? I don't know. <laughs> that's the that's the small NFL take that you'll get from me this week.
1: <laughs> and that's it for our NFL that's talk. It for the <laughs> NFL talk.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, man. It's just. Again, we we talked about it last week. Anum had to have this game, and they got it. But their their stretch coming up, man, is is rough. And boy, it, it could get ugly quick if they don't figure it out. Um. So, for our sake, let's hope they don't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We need this comedic aspect <laughs> from him. So it's been nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll move
0: on and uh, we'll, we'll talk about my game. LSU played Mississippi State uh, this week. Mississippi State was a, I think it ended at like two or two and a half point favorite in Baton Rouge, which was the first time they had been favored in Baton Rouge since 2000. So it's been 22 years uh, since then. And if you listen to the podcast after week one uh, with me talking about Florida State and all this kind of stuff, you heard me say, that LSU was gonna go and play Mississippi State, and they were gonna beat Mississippi State. And lo and behold, two weeks later, they do it, and they beat them by two touchdowns. They pour, they score twenty-one points in the fourth quarter and win thirty-one to sixteen at home. It didn't look pretty and didn't look good in the first half, but. They shut Mississippi State down in the second half. That defense is flying around. That's the old LSU defense that you're used to seeing. They're flying around, have playmakers, and their offense got together in the second half with adjustments, which is amazing and a breath of fresh air to see. And they come out winning comfortably in in Death Valley. Uh, I'm really happy with it. Obviously, there's things LSU needs to work on. Jayden Daniels needs to sit probably a little bit more in the pocket and actually trust what he's seeing and throw the ball. Uh, get it to his playmakers. Um, and, you know, the offensive line, the offensive line started two true freshman last uh, tackles for the first time in school history at right and left tackle uh, this week. So, this is the third different combination of offensive lines that LSU has had in the three weeks. So, we'll see if that uh, is going to be the rotation moving forward. Um, they finally kind of got the running game going this week. Uh, they busted a long run, uh, towards the end of the game to seal it. And Jane Daniels, of course, leading rusher. He did well with 93 yards and a touchdown, um, all in all it was a good win, man. I mean, the, the offense still a work in progress. The defense looks like it's flying around and, and stopping that, that Mississippi state offense, which is really good with, uh, uh, with Mike Leach and, and uh will rogers and those guys i mean they shut them down dude and i don't know what it is with mike leach and going forward on fourth down i can probably i can. here's here's what i'll say about that mike leach probably had the thought that probably a lot of us did especially in the first half of hey i can go forward on fourth down because my defense is going to stop them because they can't move the ball right and, and it worked out for the first half and then once lsu gets rolling though that that's the thing this year so far is that once lsu gets rolling you can't stop them on offense, it just get, it takes them time right now to kind of gear up and, and to figure figure itself out, and then once they get going, you score twenty one points in the fourth quarter and, and win the game by two touchdowns. And so I think that was the game plan going in, and they got the first time and it led to a touchdown, and then after that, no more.
1: So, yeah, I agree, and like you were saying, defensive performance was absolutely insane because I was expecting Will Will Rogers to come in there and light it up first half. And it just, it was kind of average. And, uh, but yeah, I also agree with what you're saying about Jaden Daniels. He just looks a little twitchy in the pocket. He It's like he drops back, first read is slightly covered, and he decides, let me take off real quick. So I think once he develops that, the offense is really going to start clicking. And I'm also wanting to see what's going to happen with Keishan Butte because it still feels like he hasn't kind of popped off yet this year, like we were, like I was expecting at least. Because he's one of the biggest names in college, in college football, and so for him to kind of not have the same production that you expect from him, I'm just wondering, kind of wondering like when it's going to come and if it's going to come, especially if Jayden Daniels keeps running as much as he has been. Yeah, for
0: sure. And and that's that's really kind of something that everybody's kind of been talking about is where's Kayshawn? Where's Kayshawn? Well, well, here's a couple of things that I'll that I'll kind of have everybody think about. Um, one, I mean, he's can't coming off of a of a foot sur- like two first foot surgeries, and he got hurt in the middle of the year last year. Um, so I think he's still kind of getting back. And I mean, you had a quarterback battle in the spring and in the fall between two guys that lasted until like two weeks before this the first game, and so there really hasn't been a ton of time for them to get a lot of reps together. But two, if you go look at the stats, Kayshawn is the highest targeted wide receiver so far this year. He might not have the most catches and the most yards, but Jaden has thrown the ball to Kayshawn more than anybody else, and second is Malik Neighbors. So part of it is some, and some of that is bad throws that Jaden is throwing. He's not throwing them open, but two, there's a couple of drops that he's had. But I mean, I think they're still, like you said, they're still trying to get on each other's like on on the same page together, and that's going to come. I and mean, it's going to come a time, and I mean, he's going to pop off because he's he's that good and talented. It's going to come at some point. But like you said, we're all kind of just waiting on that to happen. And once he blows up, and once this offense gets going, better watch out. But um, yeah,
1: yeah, and you can see the talent is still there, which is nice. Um, but like you were saying, like they're just not on the same page right now. Whereas with Malik Neighbors, it really feels like him and Daniels are kind of connecting a lot more. But what, like you were saying, he's targeting Butte a lot. So. It's just about them getting on the same page. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's going
0: to come, and uh, it'll be really good to see once it actually starts or starts clicking. So
1: um, that's it for that. Let, let's get into the – Wait, wait. I've got a question. Did he change his name? To Booty? Is it still Booty? Yeah. Apparently, what is, uh, what is apparently that? Apparently this
0: off season, somebody asked him, hey, how do you say your last name? And he said Booty. So his name is on Booty, and we've all been saying it wrong. Forever. <laughs> it's a I don't win. know, man. What gonna
1: say? Know. I thought it's been Booty for like the longest time. Have, and now all the announcers keep saying We booty. all have, man.
0: Courtney was asking me that. I think it was like last week, and she's like, Are they saying his name wrong? Isn't it Keyshaw Boute? And I just looked at her as like, I don't know anymore. I really don't. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I kind of looked it up and apparently it's Booty is is is, is how you pronounce his name. So <laughs> <Nice>. officially <laughs> official. That's what it is. All right, let's so let's let's move on to the game that I think we probably both have, and we're 40 minutes in, but bear with us. We got to talk about this probably in depth, and, in length, and it's probably going to lead into our next segment. But Auburn getting just destroyed by Penn State at home. I, I thought they'd lose. I don't think it would be this bad.
1: That was disgusting to watch. No No part of that game was ever close. Like Penn State just came out and hogwashed them from the from the get go. Like I that was one thing that surprised me is that you'd never see that out of Auburn, especially at home. So Yeah, I, man. I mean not feeling good for Harson. Yeah, Harsin.
0: I mean, shoot, Harson, he's he's done for sure. But I mean, like it, it was kind of close in the first half. Like you kind of felt, okay, like maybe Auburn can have the, you know, ju- the the magic and juju and all this kind of stuff in the second half. They kind of kept it close. But like still in the kind of the back of your mind you're watching it, it's like man, like like Auburn, it just doesn't feel like they can like get over the hump in this game. And then Penn State comes out in the second yeah, half. Yeah, that's what it was. Like, okay, and I tweeted it as I was watching their first drive. I tweeted it out. Man, Penn State's about to run Auburn out of their own building here in the second half. I mean, and that's exactly yep. what they did. They scored 17 points in the third and then 10 points in the fourth, and they won 41-12. to 12. It wasn't even close, man. And, like, That's like that's like if you're an Auburn fan, and I've I've talked to a couple of my friends here. I have yet to talk to my uncle (laughs) about it yet, but like, like this is bad. Like we didn't think Auburn would be very good uh, this year, um, but I don't think either one of us really expected them to be this like bad and to get drummed by Penn State at home. Like you're you're Auburn at home. You don't like if you get beat. That's one thing. You get beat like this. Like that—that's yeah. surprising, man.
1: It's—it's it's surprising to see them have no fight. I think that's kind of what took 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 me aback at first. It's like, I, I I don't even know how to explain it. Like it's almost like they just gave up after the second when the second half started. So I just I don't know what's happening with them. I, it's a Harson thing, but th- I mean, and their quarterback situation is horrible. T.J. Finley is not the guy. He will never be the guy. I mean, Ashford is fast, but he's he can't throw. So they got a lot of problems that they got to fix, and not not enough time. To yeah, fix man. I
0: mean, like they looked completely outclassed in all phases. Yeah, like it wasn't just like one of those things where like Penn State just got all the lucky bounces and that's how they ended up winning by a lot. Which you sometimes see in some of these games that are big scores. It's just hey, they just got every bounce, they just got all the calls, they just got you know whatever this was like complete beat down like there's no doubt that penn state is far superior to auburn in every way and every like in coaching and in talent and in roster development like everything was far superior i mean tank bigsby was the best player or is the best player that auburn has defensively and he only had nine one he only had nine carries And two, he ran the ball for 39 yards. I mean, that's a 4.3 yards per carry, which is pretty good, but you only gave it to him nine times. Like, you only gave Jarquez Hunter five carries. Like, what are you doing? Like, what in your brain makes you think that giving Tank Bigsby the ball nine times? You add in his two catches, so he got the ball 11 times. Like, what can make you think but that is a path for success for this team because it's not.
1: And those are your two most dynamic players too, and you're just giving them absolutely no, no looks, looks there. You have and- no
0: like legit threats on the outside at wide receiver.
1: Your quarterback play is horrible with
0: TJ Finley and Robbie Ashford. I mean, Zach Calzada is nowhere to be found, and there's probably a reason for that. I mean, like it all comes back to coaching, and you, there were tons of quarterbacks that were in the portal this past offseason. I mean, you got JT Daniels, you got Keith Slovis, you got Dylan Gabriel. I mean, the list goes on and on. How many transfer quarterbacks that came out? And the guy that the guys that you bring in at Auburn are Robbie Ashford, a quarterback from Oregon that has never played, and Zach Calzada, which wasn't even that good in a Those are the two transfers that you brought in. And then the year before that, you lose Bo Nix, so Bo Nix goes. And then but before that, the year before you bring in TJ Finley from LSU, which didn't have a great time, you know, at LSU to begin with. So like one, it seems like you can't like recruiting isn't going well for Auburn and it shows this year based on what you happened last year and you couldn't get any like dynamic players on the outside of wide receiver or at quarterback to help your offense, which you desperately need your offensive line is horrible. And like the thing that Auburn used to hang their hat on was defense, and like you said, it looked like they gave up, and like it doesn't look like an Auburn defense anymore that we've been so used to seeing, especially for the past five to ten years, because they've been really good. But and that's the thing that they've held their like hung their hat on, and like that wasn't even there. Like it's this isn't an Auburn. If you watch this game, and and you hadn't watched college football for a couple years, and you go back and you're like, what happened to Auburn? Because, I mean, we've been watching, we've been saying that. What the heck has happened to this Auburn program? And, like I, like, I don't know if I have any good answers other than they made a horrible hire. And, like, this is just the, you reap what you sow, I guess, man. Like, it, it's, like, I don't know what else to say. I mean, all the Auburn fans have all, like, has probably tons of things to say, and they're just kind of over it. But, like, it's just, it's unbelievable, really.
1: Yeah, and I can understand bringing in Ashford just as a shot just because he has skills. But you can't bring in Zach Calzada on top of that. You have to bring in a JT Daniels, a Keenan Slovis. So that way, if Robbie Ashford does have the juice, you're, you're you're fine. But now you just expected Robbie Ashford to be fine, and now you're in an absolute terrible situation. It almost felt like they just brought in Zach Calzada because he beat Alabama. And, I mean, that's what they were always doing with Gus um, Malzahn, where it was like, oh, you beat Alabama? Here's four more years. Go beat him again. So, I don't know. It just it comes down to coaching and it comes down to recruiting and they're just failing in both areas right now. Yeah,
0: and um, they're going to be getting rid of their coach soon. And speaking of getting rid of coaches, um, I, I sent a text to you uh, yesterday on a list of coaches uh, with betting lines on them on when is the next college football head coach to be fired and the odds for that. Um, I'll kind of go down the list and there's a couple of coaches on this list that I was surprised to see. And I'm sure you'll be surprised to see, uh, here on, uh, we got Neil Brown at West Virginia is the favorite at four to one. Next, you got David Shaw, the Stanford head coach has been there for a long time. He's five to one. Next is Jeff Collins in Georgia tech. And man, uh, my, uh, my cousin graduated from Georgia tech and it's just been real sad. Uh seeing them just be horrible but uh jeff collins at six to one tied with that is jeff scott the south florida coach which south florida almost beat florida this past week which we haven't even talked about um they listen i was watching the end of that game and south florida had the ball and instead of them being super like aggressive to go and score a touchdown to win the game they play conservative and be like hey we'll play conservative kick the field go to go to overtime Idiots. Don't ever trust college kickers. Don't ever trust your special teams as I have learned in week one. Go for the jugular and try to <laughs> win the game, man. Oh. Uh, next on the list is like this one was surprising to me. Chip Kelly at UCLA uh is nine to one. I didn't think that like Chip Kelly was on the hot seat, but I think that's also just because nobody cares about UCLA football. I mean, you could probably go and look at the weekly uh attendance pictures at the Rose Bowl, but like I was surprised on that one.
1: So when you first sent me the list and I saw that name, it actually didn't surprise me that much for some reason. And it was because of what you were saying. Like nobody's really caring about what UCLA is right now. And I think that's the problem because if you're about to go join the Big Ten, you can't just be a laughing stock, which is what they are right now. Like you bring in Chip Kelly to bring back some juice to UCLA, and he hasn't done that. So if if you're just kind of stuck in the middle, like you can't you can't really do that and then go join the Big Ten. But so when I started thinking about it, I realized how far in debt they are right now and they're not going to get rid of him just because they can't afford to yeah, get rid of and, and, and
0: part of why he's probably on the list too, is that, you know, the school across town just hired, you know, Lincoln Riley and is looking like freaking contender yeah. now. So, but I mean, you, if you bet money on that, you're an idiot is, is all I'll say. Um, yeah. Next uh, is the Navy head coach, which I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name. Um, He's nine to one. I think Navy used to be really good. I guess after their head coach that they had, uh, Munkin, right? His last name was Munkin or something. Uh, Was there for a while, and he. I don't know where he went, but I guess after he left, it's been downhill for Navy. Uh, Jane Norvell for Colorado State's ten to one. Carl Doral from. Uh, Colorado is twelve to one. There was like an email or something that was sent out by like the Colorado like administration or something that was basically like a letter to fans saying like, yeah, this isn't acceptable and blah 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 and all this kind of stuff. But he's not fired yet, so it's like it was like one of those like precursor things, like hey, like we know they're bad, but we're gonna wait probably and then fire him at the end of the season maybe. Like it was like kind of like one of those.
2: Things. Oh, <laughs> like, that's good. just like <laughs> riding on
0: the wall as a coach when like. The athletic department sends that out to fans. You know, that's just bad. Yeah. Uh, Scott Satterfield from Louisville is 12 to 1, which I can kind of see that one. They haven't been doing good this year. And you have Malik Cunningham, a really dynamic quarterback, which looks like Lamar Jackson, little or whatever, uh, probably won't be as good in the NFL, but he has the same skill set and everything as basically like a clone, it seems, in college. And they just haven't been able to get out of their own way and haven't been able to win any games. So he's probably going to be gone. This one doesn't make any sense, and, and we're both on, on board with this. One. Why the heck is using yeah. the Texas head coach, on this list?
1: Like, <laughs> who is betting it's on this? Because yeah? Texas. They like to just flirt that's, with getting new coaches every year. That's, just they that's can. idiot. If
0: you bet money on that one, you're also an idiot. Um, and then, the, <laughs> yeah,
1: just send me your money. Yeah, give me, me and Mason
0: your money. We'll take it. Okay, we could use it here. Uh, um, and then the next couple, the one that we were just talking about, Brian Harson is finally on the list at sixteen to one. Uh, and again, this is odds on the next coach, head coach in college football to be fired. So all these guys are in front of him. How, one, how the heck does Steve Sarkisian have better odds than, than Brian Harson on this doesn't make any sense. So the people that's betting on this are idiotic. But, like, dude, they play Missouri this week. And if they lose this game this week, there's no chance. There's no chance that he field. makes it. To play LSU the next week.
1: Hold up. Isn't that what they did with Herm Edwards? Herm Edwards is gone. Yeah, I didn't they fight I don't, him on the field know. though? I saw yeah, a video where he was walking off the field at the end of the game in the AD and somebody else, I don't remember who it was, caught him at the end of the right at the tunnel and started talking to him. And so now people are saying he got it was the next step from lane kiffin they didn't do it on the tarmac they did it on the (laughs) dude
0: apparently like something came out from the athletic i think today that said that like apparently there were people inside the like football program or athletic department that was like leaking like information about the team and like about like players all this stuff to like other coaches because they were trying to get this guy fired or whatever like that came out today like what the heck is happening at Arizona State? Where you have staffers that's leaking information to opposing teams to get your guy fired. Like, what the heck, man? Like, freaking... My guy, fire. heard. Him. what are you doing? What the heck? What the heck? <laughs> but yeah, Brian Harson's on the list, man. Like, he, like, he loses Missouri. You're, you're, you're out of here, man. Like, there ain't no chance. Especially, like... With the off season that he had and the coup that tried to take place of getting rid of him, and then you look like he did against Penn State, and if you lose to Missouri, you're done. Like, ain't no chance you're playing LSU uh, in the next week. Uh, after that, interesting enough, Jimbo Fisher has the same odds to be the next head <laughs> coach fired in college football at 16-1. to 1. We both don't like Jimbo Fisher, but I don't think either one of us thinks that he's going to get fired midway <laughs> through the year. Um too expensive. too expensive. Uh, but A and M is also kind of crazy. So they're not Texas level crazy, but they're still pretty crazy, and you know, occult and everything. So, um, and then the last two on the list is Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern, which he like. I think he has like the lifetime contract because you know he has done a lot of good things. Like I think so, the thing with Northwestern is like they'll have a good year, and they'll have a couple bad years, and they'll have a good year and have a couple bad years. So, um, yeah, I mean. They aren't doing too well right now. I mean, they beat Nebraska, which really isn't saying much right now. But they beat Nebraska. Um, but I mean, I mean, I don't really know. You're Northwestern. I don't know what it, what you expect. So I don't think you
1: can go up from Pat, Pat Fitzgerald as a thing. Like you're going to have to kind of get lucky with a hire if you if you do end up firing him because you're not you're not bringing in anybody. Yeah, and than then them.
0: last on the list, Marcus Freeman. Notre Dame, twenty to one. You're four games in, and you're one and three as the Notre Dame head coach, and you're on this list, man. Like, what a freaking dumpster fire that program is. <laughs> I don't need to keep talking about them, but I mean, out of those, Mason, <laughs> give me your pick on who is next out of that list to be fired.
1: My guess would be Harson. Honestly, I think he's definitely too low on the list. I think they're going to struggle against missouri and then it's just gonna go downhill from there i don't i definitely don't think they beat lsu and if lsu looks has another really great game against them then he's out he's out the door after lsu uh other than that i would probably have to agree with neil brown being at the top west Virginia's just been horrible i wouldn't say horrible actually they just they're they're not living up to the standards where they should be at. especially breaking in jt daniels like I expected more out of them out of them this year, and it just hasn't been there. So those would probably be my two that. I yeah, would the have thing to
0: say. with West Virginia is that one, like you have two games that you lost that you should have won, right? Like you were up big against Kansas, and you let that one slip away, and you lose against that, and then like you lose to Pitt in week one, and like a lot of people can say that hey, you should have won that game too. So they could very like this is a team that could very easily be three and zero, and then. You know Neil Brown isn't even close to having this conversation, but I mean that's how like quickly things can turn on you. You go, I mean you lose to Pitt on the road, and then you lose to Kansas, and then you know I mean you drum Townsend, but it's Townsend, so you should. So I mean you got a big game coming up against Virginia Tech because after that, I mean you got a pretty pretty rough stretch. Um, you lose against Virginia Tech. I mean, again. We aren't really keen into like West Virginia insiders or the West Virginia program and how really hot the seat is for Neil Brown, but I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow lose to Virginia Tech if he's gone. Um, but I'll agree with you. I really think, to me, it's either Brian Harson or it's um, or it's Scott Satterfield from Louisville. I think it's going to be one of those two. But I would, if I had to bet money, I would bet. I would. I would definitely bet Brian Harson for sure just because one, I'm here, we're, we're here, or I'm here in Alabama. You're from Alabama. You're only down the road in Orlando. So, like, you know, we're we're in the SEC country. We're, like, deep into it. I have family that's Auburn fans and everything. So, like, I hear it all the time. And, like, like everybody knows. Like, this is one of those things where, like, everybody knows he's going to get fired. It's just, hey, when is it going to
1: happen? Yeah. And, like, that. And I'll say this. I think Auburn's going to end up being the problem for Nebraska trying to get a coach because I think you can see, like, if you're Hugh Freeze, why do you not choose Auburn over Nebraska? And, I mean, even like Urban Meyer. Like, I don't think Urban Meyer's coming back anytime soon, but why do you not pick Auburn over Nebraska? So, and I, I do think that's why they're trying to push him out because you're kind of seeing a shift in college ball right now where a lot of the big-time coaches are trying to go towards money. And that's I really think that's why Lincoln Riley left. I think that's why Brian Kelly left. I think that's why Chris Ball left. So I mean, like it it seems like a lot of people knew we were going towards towards the twelve team playoff. A lot of coaches knew that we were going towards nil and everything that we're at right now. So they're trying to get themselves set up for the future. And I mean, shoot, Auburn's a solid place to do that. You're in the South. You're in a you have great recruiting grounds all around you. You have boosters that want to pay for this stuff. So. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Harson obviously not getting. Yeah, the he's job not done. he's not getting so. the job
0: done, and he won't be. I can like be confident in saying he's not going to be here next year. <laughs> so really, kind of the talk for oh, Auburn yeah. is really <laughs> like, hey, can we upset somebody, and then who are we going to get as a coach? Um, and you mentioned it, Hugh Freeze. You throw the bank at Hugh Freeze. And, and to answer your question, though, I will say, if you are Nebraska, your pitch. If I'm Nebraska and I'm trying to get uh, Hugh Freeze to come to us instead of Auburn. The thing I'm going to say is, hey, we hire you. You ain't got to deal with the crazy boosters like you do at Auburn. You ain't got to play <laughs> Alabama every week. You yeah. can come here, play in the Big Ten, and like, you can be the best team of the Big Ten West or whatever it is and compete and probably win Big Ten titles pretty easily. We'll give you all the resources you need, um, and you can come win here and don't have to deal with the crap at Auburn. That, that's the pitch. Now, whether like, he cares about that is another thing. Um, because obviously you have more of an advantage in the South when it comes to recruiting and being on Auburn, but I mean that that's the pitch because, you know, the, the issue with Auburn uh last hiring after when they ended up hiring Brian Harson and after firing Gus Mazan, is that one the boosters were, you know, split in who they wanted. I mean, you thought that they were gonna hire Kevin Steele and then they didn't, and then you heard rumors of whenever they were talking to Billy Napier that they were trying to force hey, Billy, we're going to hire you, but you have to have, you know, Kevin Steeler, you have to have these player uh, guys here to coach with you. And so, like, you, there are a lot of rumors of boosters meddling in the hire and trying to, like, force, hey, whenever we hire you, this is how it has to be, otherwise you're not getting the job. And, like, dude, if I'm Hugh Freeze, like, why would I want to deal with that? I want to go to a place where it's in my program and I don't have to hear it from anybody else. So, but that's the problem that Auburn had. I agree. And we'll see you. if they continue to have that.
1: Yeah, whoever they hire has to have enough confidence in themselves to put the boosters in their place, which was not Harson, and that was the problem at Alabama before Nick Saban got there. The boosters were horrible when Shula was there, and the the program felt it. And then Nick Saban came in, put him in their place, said, "You just give me the money, I'll do everything else," and look what's happened. So you just you got to find the right guy, right personality to be able to. Con- not control the boosters because you're never going to be able to do that, but you have to put them in their place or else it's just going to keep going downhill. Yeah,
0: man. So it'll be real interesting to see um, when it actually happens and what's going to happen. Cause I mean, really like right now, the big name for both programs is really Hugh freeze. I mean, you can talk like you can talk urban Meyer. I don't think he's going to get back into coaching, honestly. And the only times that he did get back into coaching is when he had it like basically perfectly set up when he went to Ohio state. So like, He's not in a position to, like, build a team anymore like he used to be whenever he was younger, and he doesn't really look interested in doing that because he wasn't interested in working hard in the NFL, and it. he got fired, obviously. Um, so I don't know who you go after other than, you know, Hugh Freeze because, I mean, there really isn't many huge names out there. Obviously, we aren't really looking hard, hard into it, but, I mean, that's really kind of the name that, that we both know of and that has been killing it at Liberty. So. All right, so we'll, we'll try and get through this last little bit pretty quickly as we are coming up on an hour here, but bear with us. We'll quick talk quickly about uh, this week's AP rankings and kind of go through it. There was some big movement that happened after this week. Uh, Michigan State, after getting bludgeoned by Washington, they go from ranked 11 to out of the top 25, so they fell completely out. Uh, Other than that, the top 10, really not much movement. Kentucky and Oklahoma State kind of swapped from 8 to 9, so those two just kind of moved back and forth, but you had a lot of movement after 10. Um, And so um, you got Tennessee coming up. They're at number 11. Um, NC State goes up to 12. Utah goes to 13. Penn State moves 8 spots up to 14 after winning against Auburn on the road. Oregon, after beating BYU, goes up 10 spots from 25 to 15. Um, Ole Miss goes up four spots. Baylor stays where they are at 17. And then Washington goes from being unranked to 18 after bludgeoning um, Michigan State. Then after that, you got BYU. The rest of the teams that were listing, besides one, basically all fell. BYU falls seven spots after losing uh, to Oregon. They're at 19. Florida goes down two spots. To twenty, Wake Forest goes down two spots to twenty-one. Texas goes down a spot. Texas A&M goes up up one spot. Pittsburgh goes down, and then Miami, after losing on the road by eight to Texas A&M, goes down twelve spots to twenty-five. So they're still ranked. Michigan State is the next one on the votes, not even close though. Um, and then Florida State was right there too. But um, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, there was a lot of movement. Um, teams got really, like, some of these teams that lost got super punished, and then some of the teams that won were super, like, propped up. So so what are your thoughts on the on the rankings here?
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say I'm kind of glad that they didn't overreact, overreact and take BYU completely out of the top 25, because I do still think they're a top 25 team, even though they looked really bad. Um, against Oregon. I was kinda expecting Florida State to make the jump and be around twenty five, but I guess there's just not really any room for them right now. Um yeah, I mean Oregon being back up at fifteen, that that was a big jump. Um I mean I agree with it. I agree with all of it pretty much. I will say Ohio State in the first place first place of vote still so kinda surprises me. Um yeah, they got one vote, Alabama got three, Georgia got fifty nine. So I think you can tell where all yeah, the Yeah, yeah, pretty are.
0: much. Yeah, I mean, like, so Oregon goes up ten spots. I mean, I don't know if you want to rank them fifteen though. Like that—that that seems a little yeah. aggressive. Again, like we're still kind of early in the season, so especially with the AP, like after some of these games, like there's just like tons of like trying to like self-correct themselves with the rankings. But like some of these are like I don't know if there really should be a lot of times where you have teams move up eight or ten or twelve spots up or down. I mean, that's yeah. kind of crazy. I mean, Miami goes on the road to a super tough environment, only loses by eight, and looks like they really kind of controlled the game. And they, I mean, you, it seems like it makes sense to, hey, what, Team A beat ten Team B, so Team A has to be ranked higher than Team B. Like, that's what everybody kind of thinks. But, like, that can't always be the case, right? Like, you can't always do that. And so I think part of this is, you know the a p was trying to make sure that they ranked teams that won head to head higher than the teams that lost um and because of that, that's why you had the the giant movement of of Miami and of Oregon and of b y u is because of those crazy crazy movements and then you have a team like Penn State who bludgeons Auburn and goes up ten spots, which I think they are a top fifteen team. I think they're just now kind of getting a little bit more respect than before. I think that's kind of why that one is, but um, yeah, I mean, Obviously, the top three right now is is for sure. I, I'm waiting for Clemson to go down. I mean, here's the thing when it comes to, like, really kind of the top six or so. Those teams rarely ever move until they lose. And, like, that can't always yeah. be the case, man. Like, you're going to tell me that at this point you think Clemson's better than Oklahoma or you think Clemson's better than USC or Clemson is even better than – or even, like, Clemson on. is better than Kentucky? I mean – I think Clemson would beat Kentucky because Kentucky's offensive line is a very good, but Kentucky's defense is really good and solid. And so like, it would be like one of those like boring defensive battles, but like, I don't know, man. Like, I just like, I think there needs to be movement there. I think Clemson needs to get closer to like seven, eight, maybe even nine at this point, just because they just aren't impressive.
1: Yeah. It, I, uh the team I'm watching for is USC. Um, they've looked awesome so far, but they haven't played anybody. So I think it, that, it kind of feels like that's what the voters are waiting for to see what it actually looks like against a decent team. Um, so that's who I'm looking out for because I, from what I've seen so far, they look better than Clemson. Clemson hasn't like knocked my socks off or anything. So that, I think that's yeah, interesting. For sure. Yeah. So that's the rankings this week.
0: um, And uh, we'll move on before we get into the last two segments of the show. um, Again, just want to say thank you so much for listening so far. If you have any questions or any topics you want us to discuss, man, we would love to hear from you. Love to do a little mailbag segment uh, if you want to give us that chance, but you can send us your questions and your emails uh, to our email address, which is down to the wire. CM at gmail.com. Go ahead and send us your questions. Uh, or anything there and we'd love to kind of do a little mailback segment so go ahead and send that in and we'd be uh, glad to talk about it questions observations anything like that we'd love the interaction with you so uh, let's let's move on Mason let's get into fantasy again for those that have not have been here before hey we're doing fantasy lineups for college football uh drafting every week can't draft the same player uh after you've already drafted them so you get them one time every year can't play cupcakes uh, they have to be against Power 5 competition or in conference games. And uh, the players that you pick all have to be on a different team. So those are the rules. And uh, Mason, go ahead and tell us what happened this past week.
1: Well, I just have to congratulate you for finally Let's getting go. your first win. Took, took three weeks. Uh, so yeah, you took me out last week. Let me pull it up. Um, you had a pretty good week. Uh, you got... Of course, Brock Bowers comes out and has let's three go, touchdowns. That's good, dude. I think, yeah, if I remember correctly, I mean, dude just went absolutely bonkers. Uh, but yeah, so you finally got me, um, which means you get first pick for lineups this week. Let's so go, dude.
0: Let's me. go. And I will have to say, man, like there, there, and I mentioned this early. There, like there's something with me in quarterbacks so far this year. <laughs> We're like week one. I picked Bo Nix, hoping that he'd have his Bo Nix game. He played horrible. Week two, I picked <laughs> Keaton Slovis. He freaking gets concussed halfway through the game. And then last week, I freaking picked Jordan Travis, which I'm feeling really good about after the first quarter. And then he freaking gets hurt inside of <laughs> the game, man. So, like, I don't know what's going on. I have a curse. So, hopefully, this doesn't contend you. And hopefully I can have a solid week. But with my roster this week, I kind (laughs) of went all out because I wanted, hey, I got to get, you know, even with Mason this week. I got to tie it it up. up. So I kind (laughs) of went all out a little bit this week. So uh, at my quarterback, I'm going with J.J. McCarthy, quarterback at Michigan. Uh, Running back, dude, Bama's playing Vandy. You got to play Jameer Gibbs, which is basically Bama's entire offense right now. Uh, So Jameer Gibbs, wide receiver. I'm going with Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State tight end i'm taking dalton kincaid from utah and then at my flex i'm going with jalen mcmillan which is the leading wide receiver over at washington so giving washington a little love after that big win against michigan state that's my lineup and it's going to get me a win again this week so so what what <laughs> losers do you have what? on your on your team this week Mason?
1: I'm just pleading to you, please don't select. (laughs) Listen, I'm going to pick him the
0: week before or the week of the LSU game. Okay. Let's let's do (laughs) the LSU game. Yeah.
1: Okay. (laughs) All right. So for this week, I kind of thought that you were going to go all out to kind of get back tied up. So I went with some solid people. I didn't go all out. I wanted to make sure I kind of put up some good numbers. So I. Um, my quarterback, I'm going with Caleb Williams. dude's been balling out so far this year. Um, running back, I'm going with EJ Smith from Stanford. And then wide receiver, Bryce Ford Wheaton. Tied in, John Samuel Schenker. And then flex, Elijah Badger. Not feeling good about my tight end, just <laughs> but because he's an Auburn guy. But
0: <laughs> I had he's to an find Auburn somebody. So. Listen, <laughs> kind of risking it there, picking an Auburn guy right now with how that offense is gone.
1: Yeah, but I'm feeling really good about Caleb Williams, so I thought I could kind of sneak by with my tight end. so Listen, hopefully honestly, Caleb Williams what was
0: ball the ball. what was the final score last week? was it?
1: No, For no, USC? what was the
0: final score of our fantasy game last week? Yeah.
1: Oh, of our fantasy? Uh let me pull it back up. You beat me 86 to seven. So basically what
0: you're telling me is that thank God that uh <laughs> that Brock Bowers went off against South Carolina. Otherwise, I'd be 0-3 right now.
1: Yeah, it, it was a weird week. But even me, I had Malik Cunningham, and he had got 33 <laughs> points for me. And that was on the Thursday night game. So after that, okay, so after that Thursday night game was our big quarterback matchup against each other because you had Jordan Travis, I had Malik Cunningham. Malik Cunningham puts up 33, Jordan Pat Travis puts up 11. So at that point, I'm like, oh. Three and oh is in the bag. <laughs> and then of course not. Brock, Brock Bauer breaks my RL. <laughs> Let's go, dude.
0: All right, man. So that's our uh, that's our fantasy <laughs> for this week. We'll see how it goes. Hey, if you got a fantasy lineup that you want to put in, go ahead and email it to us. I gave you the email earlier, but just in case you want it again, down to the wire cm okay. at gmail.com. And we'd love to to see how you guys stack up we'll against us this it. week if you want to give us that lineup. We'll, we'll give, give you, you an email.
1: L too. Uh
0: so all right. Let's get on to the picks, dude. So last week man we we didn't do good at all in our picks, man we like we both struggled. we both went three and four uh last week in our picks Ooh. um, so it wasn't too pretty, so right now, the overall standings Mason still has a two game lead right now, Mason is ten, six, and one. And then I am at 500 right now at 8, 8, and 1. So again, with our picks, we're not just picking straight up, we're picking against the spread. So as you heard in the, in the, uh, uh, with our, uh, uh, wow our records, there can be ties uh, with the spread. (laughs) So with that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's games and start picking and kind of previewing a little bit uh, as we go through here. So uh, number one, we got Westford. We were kind of talking about this earlier when we were talking about hot seat and uh, and coaches. Um, We got West Virginia uh, at Virginia Tech. And I believe this is the Thursday night game this week. Um, And so that is coming up. Uh this Thursday is a Thursday night game on ESPN. Uh West Virginia right now is a one and a half point favorite. We are picking these games on Tuesday, uh Tuesday night. So if lines move before then, doesn't matter. We're picking them as they are right now. So West Virginia is in a one and a half point road favorite. Uh so what do you think on this one, Mason? Does uh, Neil Brown save his job for another week? Uh or does Virginia Tech get it done?
1: I'm going to go with, yes, he saves his job. I'm going Virginia Tech this week. I think JT Daniels is going to have a big game. Hopefully, he's throwing it to Bryce Ford, beating a lot. <laughs> that would be nice. So, yeah, I'll go with All Virginia right, Tech.
0: Me West Virginia. Going West Virginia. Yes.
1: West going Virginia West Virginia. Virginia. I'm going
0: to go along with that. I think West Virginia's <laughs> offense with JT Daniels is really good. The question is the defense, but I am not, haven't been too impressed with Virginia Tech this year. Uh, so, I think West Virginia will also Take it, win it, and uh hopefully win by one more than one and a half. Uh if they win by one, then they're gonna (laughs) break our hearts, man. They're gonna break our hearts. Yeah. Dude, (laughs) I I know this is a little off topic, but for last week's picks, while we were watching the Florida State uh Louisville game, that was one that we both differed on. And so hey, you you pick Louisville, I pick Florida State. And so (laughs) as I'm watching the game, I was like, Oh no freaking, like, Florida State. Quarterback gets hurt. Uh, Apple, won Apple. that, but then, two at the end of the game, I was like, oh, crap. Louisville's about to, you know, drive down and kick a field goal and hope to get it within, you know, three or whatever, and then, you know, Florida State's just going to run the clock out, and they're still going to win, but they're not going to, you know, beat the spread, and I'm going to freaking lose, and it's going to be super frustrating. So it's like, one, hey, quarterback's hurt, your fantasy's screwed, quarterback's hurt, your pick is screwed, oh, wait, no, maybe it's not okay, like, it was just like, ugh, I'm glad I don't actually bet money because I would have been sweating bullets. That whole yeah, fourth quarter it is All stressful. right. <laughs> All right. So moving on, let's go to, to a sneaky good game and, and Clemson at Wake Forest, Sam Hartman back third uh, already. And it was a game that I think a lot of people had circled in the off season with him being back with Wake Forest having a really good year last year. Um, Clemson as we kind of said really hasn't been too impressive so far their offense has been pedestrian but their defensive line is that good Um, what do you think on this one Clemson is a seven point road favorite right now Um, so seven points even do you think Clemson wins by more than seven on the road or do you think Wake Forest can keep it close or even win the game at home
1: Yeah, so I was saying earlier that I feel like Wake Forest could be one of the teams that really challenges Clemson this year, but I don't think it's happening quite yet. I think Sam Hartman's going to need a couple more games, so I am going to go with Clemson. I
0: think you're going Clemson. I'm going to go Wake Forest. I honestly think that Wake Forest can win the game this week
1: um, because, one, their offense
0: was really good with Sam Hartman. I mean, yeah, he's still kind of getting things together, but, I mean, the thing that I'm going to say about Clemson is they just can't score. They, they they aren't dynamic. I mean, they struggled against a really bad Georgia Tech team in week one and really haven't been too impressive since then against lesser competition. This is a step up in competition, a step up in offensive production, because if you watch the the, the Georgia Tech game, Georgia Tech was still able to move the ball. Um, and so you got a better offense, a better team overall. I think, one, I think at least they'll cover the set. They'll keep it within seven, but I honestly think they will end up winning. Uh, against Florida State at home or against Clemson at home. So I'm going to Wake Forest. All right, next one. Um this this line a little, kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh we got Baylor going on the road to Iowa State and Iowa State is a three point home favorite. Um a little interesting to me there. What what do you think on this one?
1: Uh so I two weeks ago I picked Baylor to beat. BYU obviously that didn't work out for me so I'm not going back to that well I'm going going Iowa State State.
0: okay okay I see you yeah I don't agree with you at all uh (laughs) I I think I was really I honestly thought that Baylor would be a slight road favorite in this game because like they're like a top 15 ranked team going to Iowa State like I just I
1: don't know I was just a little surprised
0: I'm going Baylor
1: well so I'm taking it back to my Washington theory. There's a reason that Iowa State is a three point. All 3. right. I don't know what the reason is, so I'm just gonna go with Listen, for it. I will
0: say Iowa State, you know, has a history of winning some games at home that they shouldn't. They had a ugly game against Iowa a couple of weeks ago, and I just I just gotta believe that Baylor can can actually win that one. So I'm going Baylor on that. Um, next one. And this, like, this is an interesting game, man, because there's a lot of ramifications for this one, Missouri going on the road at Auburn preseason. You would think I'll just pencil in Auburn right there for a win. Now really kind of nervous. Vegas doesn't really think that Vegas has Auburn as a seven point favorite at home, which if it's normally Auburn, you kind of understand, but one, I don't think the fans are really going to be into it. I don't know how good of a crowd you're really going to have after last week. And see, like, this Auburn team just isn't good. And you could probably, like, say and not get stuff thrown at you by saying, like, hey, maybe Auburn and Missouri is, like, evenly matched talent-wise right now.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> that's so crazy to say. But to me, the line is showing you how bad Missouri actually is this year. Um, I it would, It would not surprise me at all if Missouri actually went in there and beat Auburn but I don't see it happening, especially by seven. Again, uh, Auburn's a seven-point favorite, so Auburn's got to win by eight for you to win
0: on this. You're going Auburn with that. I I think it's going to be a super close and super ugly game. I don't think Auburn can move the ball. they got to hope that Tank Bigsby goes off and their defense kind of struggle. I'm going Missouri. I'm going them to at least keep it within seven. I think they can keep it within 7. I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow pulled off an upset in 1. But and if that happens then I mean you you're, you're going to need to, you know, keep an eye out on the Auburn fans yeah. because there could be some <laughs> stuff going on.
1: But I think everything's on the <laughs> table for Auburn this week. They could blow out Missouri, they could get blown out by Missouri, they could be close. I don't this know. This is just- like with the problem with the coaching stuff happening right now, like you, you don't know where the players minds it's are. Just, so like, so it's, whenever it's I crazy. sent
0: all the picks to you this week, Mason, I think this was probably the hardest one to pick was the Missouri Auburn game. Cause like you said, what the heck are we going to get from Auburn this week? Like what the heck's going to happen?
1: Yeah. You just, you have so no it, it'll be
0: really interesting how they what? bounce back. So this one's a crap shoot. We'll see how it goes. All right. So we'll go to the next one, Florida at Tennessee. Um, Everybody's kind of penciling this a little bit in the offseason, maybe a little less now. I don't know. They're the CBS game of the week. Game day is going to be there. Uh, Florida at Tennessee. Tennessee is a 10.5 point favor right now uh, as a home favorite. What are you thinking on this? Do you think Tennessee is going to blow them out by more than 10.5, or do you think our, uh, Florida can keep it close?
1: I think Florida's defense has been dealt with by worse offenses than Tennessee has right now. So I'm gonna go with Tennessee. I don't. I don't see how Florida is able to stop them. Yeah, I'm them. right
0: there with you. And I don't think. I don't think Florida has a passing game, and so Tennessee is just gonna be sold out on stopping the run. Uh, and they did a pretty good job against that with Pitt. But yeah, I'm right there with you. Tennessee's at home. If they, if this was in Gainesville and the, and the spread was like was like this, I'd probably go Florida. But this is their first road test, and you're going into Tennessee, and their fans have been begging and waiting. And hoping for a team like this since like 2007, which was the last time they were in the SEC championship game. And they finally have a team that has a chance this year. And that place is going to be rocking uh, that afternoon.
1: I think this is yeah, a checkerboard. Yeah, it is. Game yeah, they're too. doing the checkerboard thing in the crowd. Is.
0: Yeah. So, one, it's going to look sick on TV, yeah. but two, they're, they're going to get it. They're going to get it. Yeah, done that's awesome. Florida. <laughs> uh, there. So, we're both going to Tennessee on that one. All right. Next one, we got a, a Big 12 matchup. Uh, that probably nobody thought was happening. Texas Texas is going <laughs> on the road after winning last week, being a little lethargic. They did have some quarterback injuries and everything, but they ended up winning by uh, pretty big on uh, Texas-San Antonio. They're going on the road to Lubbock, and they play Texas Tech. Um, we had Texas Tech in our picks last week with NC State, and um, they they let me down. Uh, and, and getting beat by more than ten to NC State. So we're gonna have it again right now. Texas is the six and a half point road favorite in Lubbock. What do you think on this one?
1: I think the whole two quarterback thing that in, or Texas Tech has been rolling out lately. I know it's been a little bit because of because of injuries, but when you have two capable quarterbacks it makes a lot things a lot more interesting. Uh but I still I just believe in Texas this year after what I What? Saw, I guess, oh, what man, you wow. believe
0: in Texas this year? Shoot, you got on me every <laughs> single offseason talking about Texas and here you are. Oh dude, I believe in Texas this year, man.
1: Do we need to let's roll the yeah, tapes back. Look, when you were calling <laughs> when you were calling out Texas, they were never good. <laughs> so, they're actually good this year. So, I'm, I'm going with Texas. Texas.
0: I'm right there with you. I believe in Texas. I think they're going to win the Big 12 this year. Uh, I'm going Texas as well. I think they'll win by more than uh, six and a half. And I think this is going to be another kind of more of a coming out party for the conference for them by beating Texas Tech on the road. All right, we got another one. This line has, whenever I put these games on here, I put the spreads on there. And it's already kind of moved a good bit. Um, It was a one-point favorite for notre dame but now it's a one point favorite for north carolina notre dame going on the road to north carolina and north carolina is a one point home favorite um basically a pick em. Uh, what do you think on this one mason
1: notre dame was trashed with their starting quarterback so they're going to be trashed with their backup quarterback so give me north carolina their offense has been insane so drake far
0: mays dude drake mays no Carolina uh, is going to freaking score tons of points and they're going to destroy Notre Dame because Notre Dame is garbage and they should feel horrible about hiring a unproven first time <laughs> head coach, uh, freaking clowns. But yeah,
1: Nor- I'm sensing a little bitterness between you and Notre Dame. just a little bit.
0: Can you sense it there? I don't know why you would have that. Yeah. Notre, Notre Dame is going to go. Uh, what is it? they will be one in four after this week. Rough, rough. All right. So both of us got North Carolina on that one. All right. Got two SEC games to end us here. First one is a neutral site game. Uh, Arkansas against Texas eight and four. Um, And Texas eight and four is a two point favorite. I couldn't believe this. This is another one that I just couldn't believe how it would be possible that they are a two point favorite, but they are two point favorite uh, in Jerry's world against Arkansas. Um, What do you think is going to happen?
1: After Arkansas absolutely bullied them last year, I'm not picking against Arkansas to play them this year. Arkansas has looked really good so far this year. Their run game's been insane. And then, obviously, Texas A&M has been boring. So, I'm going to go with Arkansas.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. And, like, I think part of it is a little bit of reaction of how poorly they played against Missouri State last week. But, like, and another thing is that Arkansas's Defensive backfield isn't very good. Like they're like one of the worst in the SEC, if not the worst. They're like rigged 120 something in pass defense. But one Texas A&M hasn't shown you the ability that they can actually pass the football. You really only have one wide receiver you really need to worry about, so you can just bracket him the whole time. And two, you know Miami showed last week that they can play bully ball, and you can play bully ball against this Texas A&M defense and run the ball, and that's what Arkansas wants to do. And again, like you said, what they did last year and there really hasn't been much improvement, if any at all. If anything, they've regressed in Texas A&M from last year, and Arkansas does seem to improve. I got Arkansas big in this one. All right, and last one, and this is a little bit of a joke, but also because like the line is just insane, so it's interesting to see how we're going to pick this one is I went ahead and put Vandy is going to Alabama on this one. So we're going to pick this one. And this is one of those, dude, the spread is so high that, like, man, is it possible? Like, how do you pick this one? Alabama. And it's just ridiculous that this is even a spread in a freaking football in a college football game of opponents that's in the same conference but alabama it's so Al- many points alabama points. is a doing? 40 and a half point favorite right now against against vanderbilt at oh. so the real question that you have to ask yourself on this again we're picking against the spread do you think saban is going to want to run up the score Or is he going to call the dogs off? And can, you know, can Vandy maybe
1: score some touchdowns?
0: Like, what do you do here, man? I I thought this would be really fun to see what you would do.
1: That's why I put it on here. So what do you think? It's been stressing me out ever since you said it to me. 40 points. So what is happening? Obviously, I'm going with Alabama. Bama by 100. (laughs) (laughs) This is happening. Bryce Schoen's going to (laughs) throw four touchdowns, come out. Jalen is going to come in, run for three more. I gave you
0: something to actually like give you a real reason to watch this game because like you might watch like normally you might watch the game for like a half or a quarter because then it's out of hand. You're going to be watching this whole game and dude if it's like coming down to the wire where like the backups are in and like y'all are only up by like 35 or something or like maybe you're only up by like you're up by like 38 and you need the field goal to get the cover. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. save and run the ball. Oh, guys, actually block and have them. Hey, have the backup quarterback <laughs> throw it to get in the field goal. That's going to be, like, super interesting. And I really hope that happens. Yeah. Dude, I'm right here with you. Man. Oh, like, what, 40 and a half. I mean, like, 40 and a half. Like, Georgia beat South Carolina by 41 last week. Gosh, it's so hard. I uh... Oh, uh, <laughs> this is one of those hard ones, man. I really want to like here, like my my heart really wants to pick Vanderbilt just to like spite you and to hope and pray. Oh, and to hope and on. pray that Vandy can keep it within the 40 and a half and maybe somehow keep it like right at if they can like keep it right at 40, that would be like the dream. But like I'm also at the same time of like, yeah, band, like here's the thing. Saban has never been known to like run up the score on people, but it seems like he's kind of doing that with like the trash teams they've been playing this year. So I don't know even know what to think. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. No. I'll uh I'll go I'll go Bama I'm gonna go Bama and we're both gonna be we're both gonna there be it sweating it out here <laughs> in the fourth quarter of the game on our picks here and hope <laughs> that it works out I'll I'll go Bama so that that's what we'll end up with so you talked me into it you talked me into it so I'm so I'm gonna do it but we'll good, see how good, it goes good 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 that for you <laughs> all right guys yeah and hey. You can go ahead and send us your picks on these games if you want to hear are following along, and we can see how you do up against us. Again, I'll run through the games again, and you can give us your picks at wirecm at gmail.com, and we'd like to see how you stack up. Uh, again, West Virginia at Virginia Tech, with West Virginia being a favorite by one and a half. Clemson at Wake Forest, with Clemson being a seven-point favorite. Baylor at Iowa State. With Iowa State being a three-point favorite, Missouri at Auburn with Auburn being a seven-point favorite, Florida at Tennessee with Tennessee being a ten and a half-point favorite, Texas at Texas Tech with Texas being a six and a half-point favorite, Notre Dame going on the road to North Carolina with North Carolina being a one-point favorite, and then Arkansas at Texas eight and four neutral site game in Dallas. With Texas 8 and 4 being a two-point favorite. And then the final one, which is just madness, Vanderbilt going on the road to Bama, with Bama being a forty and a half point favorite. I just like it's just stupid. Like they should be, be just be playing an FCS team or something at this point. Vanderbilt, go home. You're drunk, dude. Like just quit your football program and leave the SEC,
1: please. <laughs> Just keep giving us your uh, academic. Not even that. I don't show. even care
0: about that. Just get them out. They're not good at anything <laughs> except baseball. And even then, like, just get them out. I'm tired of them. Like, you're you're trying.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. So that's
0: it for this week. Thank you so much for listening in. Uh, hour and a half for you. So hope you enjoy it. And uh, until we uh, talk again next week, Mason. Have a good week. Have a good weekend. And uh, hopefully, we're not sweating bullets in this Alabama Vanderbilt
1: game at the end, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just blow them out in the first half. Yeah, let's just
0: everywhere. go ahead and score 50 points in the first half, and then just you know be a smooth <laughs> sailing the rest of the way. <laughs> Any final yeah. words for the people before we head out?
1: Oh, that's all right, it. That's all I got. Again,
0: thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode next week. Appreciate it.